Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, if you haven't guessed yet, our Christmas series is called King of Kings. So if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and get out your bulletin on the inside. You'll follow, a little, uh, follow along with a little outline that's there that we prepared for you to help you this morning. Come on, somebody say, King of Kings. Tell your neighbor, he's the King of Kings. Psalm chapter 97 verse 1 says, the Lord is king. Let the earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastlands be glad. And man, that's, that verse means a lot more to me this morning since we just come from, from another nation. You know, where the Lord is king, where people know that the, the only true God is king, there's joy and there's gladness. And we're happy and super filled with joy today because we know that our Lord is king. And 1 Timothy 6.15 says, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. You guys, Christmas is all about receiving. Come on, say, I receive. Christmas is all about receiving the perfect, clear, visible revelation of the invisible God. And this morning, I want to encourage you, let him be revealed in you. He wants you to know him. He wants to reveal himself to you. And Christmas really is a way more than the gifts. It's way more even than feeling the love of family. It's way more than the food. Christmas is first and foremost about Jesus being revealed in us. Receive the revelation of Christ in you. In fact, Colossians 1.15 says this. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. You say, what does God look like? This God that is almighty, omnipresent, right? Omnipotent, omniscient. He's everywhere all the time. He's the creator of all the universe. What does he look like? Because even Jesus said God is spirit, right? You can't see a spirit. What does this invisible God look like? Look at Jesus and there he is. He is the visible Revelation. He is the visible image of the invisible God. In fact, I love how the, tra the Passion Translation says, Jesus Christ is the divine portrait. He's the divine portrait. If, if we could paint a picture of what God looks like, it's Jesus. He is, he is truly the only one who's worthy of our praise, our worship, our love, our devotion. There's none like him. There's none above him. There's none beside him. There's no one that compare to him. His name is above every name. The name of Jesus is the name before which every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He truly is the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, right? And over the next three weeks, we're kind of going to, in, in step with the song, King of Kings, we've been, we've been singing, right? We're going to focus this Christmas season on the Trinity. Everybody say Trinity. And, you know, back about uh, mid part of, of two, uh, 2019, we, we talked about how to engage and pray, right? How to relate to the Trinity. 
And, and that was just one Sunday. But what we're going to do is take the next three Sundays and we're going to learn about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because he is the King of Kings, right? People ask, is the Trinity three in one or one in three, right? Is the Trinity three in one or one in three? Oh, some of you were here when we talked about this earlier in the year. It's both, right? Three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. One God expressed through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Just like an egg shell, an egg yolk, and an egg white make up one. And one egg is made up of a egg shell, egg yolk, and egg white. Three in one, one in three. Three parts make one egg. One egg consists of three parts. Even human beings, and the Bible says we were created in the image of God, right? One person, uh, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body equals one person. One person is expressed through spirit, soul, and body. Is it the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that, that make up one God? Or is it one God who is expressed in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? It's both. He is three in one and one in three. Look at Romans chapter one. This is verses one through four. Say, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. And he was shown to be the son of God, the father, right? When he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ, our Lord. Here we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the gospel. You know, I did this again back uh, middle of the year, and I'm going to do it again because it helps me. So I know if it helps me, maybe it'll help somebody else. But when I think of how I relate to God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I kind of think of some hand motions and so even though we're not at encounter kids we're gonna kind of pretend for 30 seconds that we're in encounter kids is that all right yeah. oh my goodness I'm telling you if this if, if I have to make you stand on your chair to wake up today that's what we're gonna do all right are you with me yeah. are you with me yeah. everybody say father. father that wasn't enough the Bible says God is spirit and the Bible said, he's, he says, and we're going to read it and learn more about it here in a minute, but he's the father, he's our father in the heavens, right? All right, I'll explain it more in a minute, but I'm going to first make you do it. Not heaven, heavens, all right? Everybody say, father. father. Wait, 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 wait. Thank you, Kevin. That was actually pretty good. All right. Kevin's getting it. Come on, say, Father. Father. All right. Take a deep breath. Say, Father. 
One more time. Father. Ready? Son. Point. Straight. Son. Ready? Holy Spirit. Hit hard. Okay. Maybe you can do your head instead. All right. Ready? Father. Son. Holy Spirit. Today, we know he's the Father and we go all over the place because he is everywhere all the time. The Son, you can point at him. That's him right there. Jesus is God. And the Holy Spirit is all that God is who comes upon us, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, not three different gods, three different expressions or part, parts of God, right? He's amazing. And today we're going to focus on praising the Father. Everybody say, praise the Father. If you want to follow along in your bulletin, we're praising the Father today because he is, number one, our Father in the heavens. Our Father in the heavens. See, Matthew 6, 9, New Living Tra- Translation said, Jesus said, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. The Passion Translation says it like this. Pray like this. Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Wow. He's the Father We call him our heavenly father. And it means so much more than oftentimes we understand. And before I explain what it means for the father to be the heavenly father, I just want to point out, Jesus did not say to just pray, my father. He said, our father. And yes, it is individual. He is your father. Before he can be our father, he needs to be my father, right? But you have to know this morning, this is a collective identity. You are part of a family. Jesus taught, even through him, the way he taught his disciples how to pray, the first thing he said was, you are not alone. You are part of a family. When you pray, identify him as our father. Come on, turn to somebody and say, he's my father too. See, he's our father. You're never alone, not just because God is with you, but because the church of Jesus Christ is the largest family on earth. And you never, ever have to do this thing alone. You never have to go through life by yourself. There's no such thing as a true follower of Jesus who is a loner. You can't make it. We need to be together because he's our father. Oh, yes, he is my father. We're going to get there. But understand, we're part of a family. I love the way Jesus describes God. He doesn't tell his disciples, when you pray, pray God in heaven, right? He says, now, 
right? And we, we, as we read the gospel and we understand the message, we know that because of Jesus, because of what he was about to do on the cross and raised from the dead, that Jesus, the Father, right, was about to become our Father for all of us that come to the Father through Jesus Christ. He doesn't want us to just to relate to God as God, even though he's God. God wants us to know him as our heavenly father. What does it mean for him to be heavenly or in heaven, right? Where Jesus says our father in heaven, let me read to you what this literally, if it were translated into all of our words in English, it would mean this. It's not, he's not saying, first of all, he doesn't say Pray to the Father up there, far away, off somewhere in the sky in heaven, right? Far away place in eternity. Because normally people think the Father in heaven. And, and, and I don't know about you, but immediately in my mind, I think of, some, of him being far away, way up there somewhere, right? Almost like he would have to make an effort to be with me. But that is not at all what it means. See, the word Heaven in the Bible comes from the very beginning when God, the Father, created the heavens and the earth. And the Bible says in Genesis that when God created the heavens and the earth, he separated the waters below from the waters above. And everything in between the waters he called the sky or heavens you can look out these windows right here and there's the heavens right in front of you right the sky the heavens literally mean the air okay everybody breathing this morning our father in heaven literally means our father that's in the very air that we breathe in the sky in the heavens now, I don't know about you, but that helps me see that God is not far away, but he's closer than anybody or anything could ever be. He's in the very air that I breathe. Why does the Bible call him the breath of life? The human life literally comes because God went. <sighs> it's the breath. We're alive because of his Breath and God literally exist in the air all around us. That's why we say the Father, right? Now, he's as close as the air that you breathe. Acts 17, 28 says like this. I love this. It says, for in him, say in him. What does it mean to be in? In inside right like I want you to imagine yourself right now in your bedroom this morning we are in church we're not out there we're in church. it says in him we live and move and exist literally our very lives our very existence is inside of God the father he, we're surrounded by him at all times. Even those that don't know him, even those that don't know who he is, 
We live, we move, everything in the entire universe has its existence inside God the Father because he is all, he fills the entire universe with himself. God, Father in heaven. You know, I know that we, we learned this a while back, but in, in ancient rabbi tradition, the rabbis, uh, when they would say the name of God, right, which translated in, into the way we say it is Yahweh. Everybody say Yahweh. Right? In, in, in old ancient uh, Hebrew, Yud, Hey, Vav, Hey, right? Uh, it's, it's just four letters that make up what, what is translated or transliterated into our way of saying Yahweh. All right? And so literally, they would say, they would teach that to say the name of God was like breathing, right? It was to inhale and exhale, right? Now, I know we don't do Hebrew, but something like, right? Why? Because they understood something we all need to understood. We need to understand. God's not far. He's as close as the air you breathe. Come on, can we practice it? Let's inhale, yah, exhale, way. Keep breathing. What happens if you stop breathing? Listen. The person who is the most in love with God on the face of the earth and the person who has absolutely nothing to do with God and hates God is alive by the same breath of God. The same breath of life, which is the presence of God the Father. The creator exists in the air. We were created and continue to exist because the creator is in the air that we breathe. That's our Father in the heavens man he's amazing does that open anyone's eyes to see how maybe god is a little bigger than you thought he's everywhere all the time and there is no escaping from the father amen that can either bring you great comfort or terror because if you love god It should bring you great comfort to know that he surrounds you. You're literally breathing him in and out. But if you don't love God, if you're not living for God, if you're living a life far away from God, it also ought to bring um, a good kind of fear that he's that close. Today, he wants you to know him not only as our father, not only as the creator who's in the heavens, but he wants to be your father. He wants you to know him as your father. We praise him today because he's our father in the heavens. You know what? The second reason I praise the father today is because he's our supplier. He's our supplier. Literally the name of God, inherent in the name of God. Like, for example, when we named our children, we chose the name Oliver because it meant peace, right? And we really... (laughs) believe hallelujah (laughs) he was so peaceful when he was born (laughs) y'all 
And, but from the beginning, I've, I've known that that means he's going to be a carrier of the gospel of peace, which is not necessarily peaceful. <laughs> he calls us a ruckus. But inherent in the name of God, literally, like in the name of God, part of what his name actually means is that he's, he's a supplier. He supplies. That's just what he does. All right. D- do we have any bankers in the house? What do you do if you're a banker? You bank. Do we have any truck drivers in the house? If you're a truck driver, what do you do? You drive. Do we have any lawyers in the house? What do you do? You lie. Just kidding. No. (laughs) Now we're definitely awake. Finally. All right. You practice law, right? What, what, what do you do if you are a pitcher, a baseball pitcher? What do you do? You pitch. What if you are a waiter or waitress at a restaurant? What do you do? You, you wait. You serve, right? That's inherent in the very name of God. Something that can't even be detached from him. It's not like he's a supplier sometimes and sometimes he's not. It's who he is. He's a supplier. He supplies. And he doesn't want to just be the supplier. He wants to be your supplier. And you know what? He doesn't want to just be your supplier of things that he supplies everybody with. People, again, that don't even know him, that are breathing the breath of God, whether they know the Father or not, they're breathing the Father in. Many people, they don't know God as their supplier, yet they're being supplied. But how about when we come into a relationship with God? He doesn't just want to supply breath and life and water. He wants to supply your every need. Because that's who he is. When we ask God to provide, we're not asking him to do anything that he has to make any effort to do. It's what he does because it's who he is. James 1.17, this is the Amplified, says every good thing. Come on, say good things. How many want good things? Every good thing and every perfect gift is from above. It come down, comes down from the Father, the Father of lights, the creator and sustainer of the heavens, in whom there is no variation, No rising or setting or shadow cast by his turning. For he is perfect and never changes. Rather, you know him as your supplier personally, your supplier or not. He is the supplier. And he wants you to, he is who he is. He'll always be who he is. He is a supplier. He will always supply. I encourage you today, come into contact, connect with God as your father so that he can supply for you. Matthew 6, 8, Jesus said, for your father knows exactly what you need before you even ask him. But notice he said, your father, your father. It implies we need to know him as our father. Does he know everything? He knows before we even ask him. And Jesus was saying, ask him. How cool is that? Jesus was teaching his disciples, ask the father. But the father already knows what you need before you even ask him. But ask him anyway. Why? Why would we ask a supplier for something that he already knows we need? 
Because it's a relationship, right? Like, I know that my children need food. Yes. I know, I know that they need water to drink. But a lot of the times I wait until Oliver says, Daddy, I need some water. Can I have some water? Right? Mom, I'm hungry. Right? I mean, normally we have the, the meals ready. We know what we're going to eat or where we're going to go or whatever, right? But, but there's something that happens in a relationship when a child asks their parent for something. There is a trust, there is a confidence built. There's a relationship that's fostered when we learn to ask the supplier to supply for us, right? He's our provider whom we can ask directly. Now, this is, this is something where a lot of people really need to get a revelation of this. How many times do you say, oh, I better call up so-and-so, pray for me, Right? I'm, I, 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 I'm in need, you know. <sighs> People do it to me all the time because somehow I'm the magic pastor. I guess my prayers are like, I don't know, more powerful or something like that. Like, listen, I have the exact same direct line to heaven as you. It's called Jesus. Yes? Now, is it okay to ask other people to pray for you? Absolutely. The more the merrier, Right? But for God to move on your behalf, for God to touch you, for God to heal you, for God to supply, for God to provide, you don't need somebody else to pray. Look what, look what Jesus said. He says, um, John 16, 23, this is the passion. For here is eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. But instead, you'll go directly to the Father and ask Him for anything you desire, and He'll give it to you because of your relationship with me. If you are in relationship with Christ, you have a non-blocked, direct line, direct relate. Listen. You don't need to text me to pray for you. Text the Father. Now it's text instead of call, right? And yes, I'll pray for you. And yes, your friends and your, your e-group leader, whoever, will we'll pray for you. But listen, you must learn. He's the supplier. He's your supplier. He wants to supply everything you need. But you must learn to relate to him that way. You must learn to directly ask the Father for everything you need. Amen? He loves you and he wants to supply if you're in relationship with Christ, you can look to the Father and boldly, confidently ask for all your needs. And finally, I praise the Father for he's the Father in the heavens. He's our supplier. And number three, he's Abba, the one who adopted us. This is one so many don't, don't know. Because while he is the father in heavens, in the heavens, and he is the supplier, even when you don't know it, 
Something has to happen for you to know him like this. He's Abba, the one who adopted us. Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says, even before he made the world, God loved us. And it's really important to read the next phrase like it really says it, okay? People have created entire denominations by reading this verse wrong. People have preached false doctrines for reading this verse wrong. Are you ready? For before he made the world, God loved us. And then it says, this is the wrong way to read it. Are you ready to read it wrong? And he chose us. In Christ, like an afterthought, right? No, no, no. He didn't choose you. He didn't choose me. He didn't choose any of us. He chose Christ. The way it really says it, original language, is he chose us in Christ. Like those of us that would be in Christ, He didn't choose us and then send Jesus to get us. No, he chose Christ. Christ was always the plan, not you and me. So if you have struggled with, I don't know what to think about predestination, let me tell you something. He predestined everyone in Christ to be saved, okay? Everyone. There's one precondition. The precondition wasn't were you chosen. The precondition is are you in Christ? Because he chose us in Christ. Put the parentheses around it like that. He chose those of us that would be in Christ, right? To be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure It gives God great pleasure, not just to be the father, but to be your father. You need to feel his pleasure today. It gives God, for before we were even ever created, this was already on his heart and in his mind, right? It gives God great pleasure not just to be the Father in the heavens and the supplier of all living things. No, it gives God great pleasure to be your Father, to adopt you into His family and to be your Father. That's how He wants you to know Him. Romans 8, 14 through 16, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba or Abba. I think that's how you say it. Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm we're God's children. You say, can you feel it? You can feel it. If you're, and listen, it's not about feelings and it's not about emotions because sometimes you don't feel nothing, right? But let me tell you, if you're his child, you can feel it because the spirit of God comes and it joins together with your spirit and he lets you know on the inside, you're mine. You're my son. You're my daughter. 
If you've never had that experience, you must have it today. You must know that God has done everything through Jesus to not just be the father, but to be your father, to not just have you as one of his creations, but to adopt you as his son, as his daughter into his family. He wants to be your father. Nothing gives him greater pleasure than to call us his sons and daughters. He's not just our creator. Because I think a lot of times when we, in, in English, when we think the word father, that's a kind of formal word. Maybe some of you called your father, father, but most don't, right? I don't call my daddy and say, could I, I, mom, could I please speak to my father? Could I please speak to the father? My sister's name's Whitney. Whitney, could I please speak to our father? I say, hey, mom, is daddy there? Right? And if you're a real country, it's daddy. Right? And if you're my kids, it's papa. Papi. That's even more affectionate, right? See, God's not just the creator. He's not just the father. Yeah, we know he's the father because from him came everything. Yeah, we know that. Right? We've established that. He's the father in the heavens. But he wants to adopt you by his Holy Spirit because of what Jesus did. Listen, I think a better way to think of God, to understand this verse right here, is to think of the word parent. Right? When you think of the word or, or, or the idea or the concept of being or having a parent, that's very different than saying father, mother. Right? Those are like titles, but a parent is like a function. Right? Right? A parent is a provider. A parent is a protector. A parent loves despite all the flaws. Daddy, Papa, Abba. You've got to learn. We've got to learn to relate to God. Yes, as the almighty God who's in the air. He's, he's in the breath that I breathe. In him, I live and move and have my being. He's also my supplier. He supplies everything that everybody needs. And he very specifically supplies my needs because I am adopted into his family. But the way Jesus, he, he revolutionized everything. When Jesus came, he brought a whole new relationship with God. And this relationship with God is to know God as our parent, as our protector, as our provider, as our papa, however you want to call him. But God wants you to know him in an intimate and close and special way. Just to finalize here, John 1, 12 says, but all who believed in him and accepted him as in Christ. So all who believed and accepted Christ, he gave the right to become children of God. They're reborn. Not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes 
from God. See your father today. Listen, I, I'm done, but I just want to, I want to really bring this home. To you, is he the father or is he your father? Even, it, is he just our father? Because like I go to church, right? I'm a, no, no, no. Or can you say, can you truly say, not just words on your lips, but can you truly say from your heart, my Abba, my Papa, Daddy, my Father, my Parent, my Protector, my Provider, the Lover of my soul, the one who loves me and has brought me to himself. The one who's adopted me. I'm in his family. He's my father. Today, if you don't know him as your father, that's why Jesus came. That's what Christmas is all about. Jesus came to be the visible version, the visible revelation of the father. So we could see the Father, so we could know the Father, so that we could know the kind of God that loves us. We see the Father through Jesus. And today, if you don't know the Father, if you don't have a relationship with God as your Father, you must come to Jesus today. If you'll repent of your sins, if you'll turn your heart away from sin, you turn your heart away from this world, and you'll just turn your heart to God, and you believe that what Jesus did on the cross was for you. The Bible says, it doesn't say, listen, the Bible doesn't say He'll forgive you. The Bible literally says he will remit or cause your sins to go into remission. What does it mean? What does remission mean? See, the, 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 Bible, the Bible later talks about if we're children of God and we confess our sins, he'll forgive us. But what first happens, are y'all with me? What first happens when you come to the Father through Jesus Christ, the Bible doesn't say he'll forgive like a list of sins. Forgiven, 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 forgiven. That's not what happens. No, no, no. Lord knows that would take the rest of our lives, right? The Bible says that when we come to Christ, we're given remission of sins. It means to remit. You know what it means to remit? To send away. It means to send it away. If you've never had your sins sent away to never come back, by the way, they can be sent away today. It's like when you receive a bill in the mail or email or text. You might still get a bill in the mail. Most are electronic by now, right? It says, maybe you've never even read it close enough. Maybe you just go online and click and pay. But you know what it says? 
when you get a, 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 a paper bill in the mail, it says, please cut this off or, or detach and return with your remittance. That's what it says. Remittance is money I'm sending away from my bank account. You guys, there's something really powerful in that. When the Father forgives us, see, when Jesus went to the cross, when Jesus came, right, and lived a perfect life, and then he went to the cross, and he suffered our penalty, and he paid the price to remit our sins. In other words, he sent them away, and now they're out of the way, and there is absolutely nothing between you and God as your Father. It's been remitted. If you wouldn't mind, let's all just close our eyes for a moment. Maybe you want to bow your head. There's certainly nothing magical or spiritual about closing your eyes, but it does help you to take a look on the inside today. How is your relationship with God? Do you know Him as the Father? The very reason Christmas happened, the very reason Christ came and was born, the very reason He went to the cross and died was to restore you and restore me back to God as Father. But you must, you must repent. You must turn away from sin. And you must put your faith, your trust, your confidence only in God's ability to remit your sins. God's ability to totally and completely send your sins away from you. He, it, it, that can happen in an instant because in an instant when Jesus died on the cross, our sins were remitted. Maybe you need your sins out of the way so that you can have access to the Father. If that's you today, if you need your relationship with God restored as your Father today, listen, I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to do one call for both. Rather, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord or not. Maybe it's the first time. Today, you need to be saved. You need to be born again. You need to experience what we just read in the scriptures where it's a supernatural, it's a new birth. The Holy Spirit comes to your heart and He causes you to be born again. Maybe it's the first time or maybe you've been born again before. Maybe you, you've been a follower of Jesus but you've, you've grown far away from God. You're not walking with, in relationship with God as your Father. And today you want to come home to the Father. If that's you, I want to pray with you. If, if that's anybody with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to know if that's you, just raise your hand. Say, that's me. I want to pray with you. Praise the Lord. Who else says, that's me? I need to come home to the Father. Whether it's for the first time where I've been backslidden and I need to come back to the Father. I need to come home, back to a relationship with God as my Father. Anybody else? Just quickly slip your hand up and down. I just want to know who you are. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm not going to make you come up here if you don't want to. I just want to know 
Who's making that decision today so I can know who I'm praying with? Praise God. Who else? Come on, I feel like it's one more person. Who, who else? Is it? There's three or four people raise their hand that says, that's me. But I believe there's one more person in the room this morning that says, that's me. I need to come home. I need to be saved. Or I've been backslidden and I need to come back all the way to God as my father. Okay. Come on, if you wouldn't mind, let's just stand to our feet. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.